0: Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds, boosts, lightning deals and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down, or maybe a lot of money down, on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey Day's coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with My bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own so if you're planning to bet this coming fall guess what you're already ahead of the game it's winning season at my bookie so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it today on the zabe cast that shiny post in the utah desert it's probably not from aliens right probably but if it is how come i still have so many unanswered questions Andy Polin joins me to discuss whether or not the NFC East is, quote, worth winning or not. All that plus why Adam Gase is an idiot. Another case in point. Your high test, not street legal. 30-minute dose of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. here we go. Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. Welcome to December and thank you for downloading. Before we get going here, I gotta give you my My Bookie streamer of the night. The Raven Steelers has been moved now to Wednesday at 3:40 in the afternoon. Wa wah wa. Wah. And here's what I like for Wednesday afternoon. I love the Ravens plus ten and a half. Here's the trend I found. Games played on Wednesday, having been moved not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Because remember, this game was Thursday to Sunday afternoon to Monday to Tuesday to now Wednesday. Games played on a Wednesday, having been moved four times with a former rookie of the year quarterback playing RG3, uh, before four in the afternoon is a strong, I mean, incredibly strong system play. I've researched 80 years of this system play here. It is a great play for an underdog of double digits or more. The play is the Ravens plus the 10 and a half on Wednesday afternoon. You not on my bookie? What's the matter with you? I give you a solid, rock solid online book to get some action on and you You disgrace me by not signing up with it? Come on. They actually pay out, which is a nice thing. And not every online book makes it easy to do so. Oh, they'll take your money, but they don't give it back to you when you actually win. Not so with my bookie. I've been with them now for over three years. I've had a a, sum total of like four complaints and I've resolved those, each of them, with me being involved, just one quick email going, hey, I think we got a problem here. Help this guy out. Boom. Done. Within 48 hours. It's that simple. Go to MyBookie, use promo code ZABE if you want to get your initial deposit matched up to 50%. Read the rules on payouts, on matching bonuses, so you're just aware of the situation, and away you go. That's MyBookie.com, the official bookmaker of the ZABEcast. Also, we are going to Mexico, me and the guys at TheGameMKE.com, and you can join us. In fact, I got another email from a guy who is from Michigan, who says, I don't even care that i will be a bunch of Wisconsinites on the trip. I want to go. His only question to me was, should I bring my, my girlfriend or is it going to be all dudes? I'm like, no, of course, bring your wife or girlfriend. They're all over the trip and they have a great time. So as long as she's cool and it sounds like she is, she listens to this podcast and listens to the show. Uh, she will have a grand time with you and everyone else in Mexico for sunburn bowl two. go to the game That's the game And we're going to have an incredible time, incredible price. By the way, we have the uh, Valentin Imperial resort in Riviera Maya. Mexico is open for business. Uh, they're going through all this cleaning and sanitizing protocols, but you don't have to wear a mask at the pool or at the beach. And, I say you got to get on it now. We're, we're talking $1,800 per person for a week, which includes charter from Milwaukee, all your meals, all your all your drinks, uh, all your transfers. That's incredible. It's the kind of deal you're only going to get this one year as they're coming out of the pandemic and people are starting to travel again and they are offering deals that cannot be had otherwise. Sunburn Bowl 2, go to thegamemke.com. All right, let's get to what I really want to talk about, which is the Utah monolith. So this shiny 12-foot monolith buried in the ground in the middle of Nowheresville, Utah, spotted by some Bureau of Land Management helicopter pilots counting sheep, literally counting sheep, <laughs> spot this thing, they land the copter, they go down, there like, what in the hell is this? Reminiscent of something from 2001 Space Odyssey, the movie. Now, maybe this is an elaborate ploy to publicize a remake of the movie, but here's what happened. So they spot this monolith. It's hard to get to. It's way out of the way. you got to hike on in, right, or have a helicopter. They don't say where it is because they don't want people going there. They don't want to become the number one douchebag, YouTube, Instagram, hey, let me go film myself up at the monolith type of place. But the internet being the internet and Google Earth being what it is, people found it. People found it on Google Earth using photographs going back to 2016. So it's been there four years, apparently. And they found out where it is and people started to hike in to see it. There was a photography crew from the Salt Lake City Tribune that somehow got there. They got some photographs of it. But by the time this started to happen, what happened overnight, over the weekend? Boom. Thing is gone. Poof. Into thin air. Gone. Only thing left is a pile of rocks, they say. I have so many questions. Who took it? The number one thing the authorities are saying is we have no idea. Bullshit. How come you weren't guarding it? Where's our government? Where are the black helicopters that I have been promised as a conspiracy theory enthusiast? Where is our team of scientists there with their Geiger counters and their instruments? And they're all their stuff to figure out what the fuck is this? Who put this here? Trace it. Where'd this metal come from? Is there footprints? What are this? I wanted this thing roped off immediately, just in case it was alien technology. Instead, nothing. Not only nothing, but we don't have any good photographs of it. We've got some bad vertical video cell phone footage. And I didn't see anyone knocking on it to see, is it hollow? Is it clang, 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 like an empty Christmas tree? Like, remember the Christmas tree that Linus bought? Not Linus, but Charlie Brown. Or no, no. They were going to buy, they were said to go buy a Christmas tree, and they bought the one. That was the real tree instead of the hollow aluminum one that went clang, clang, clang. Did anyone knock on this monolith? Do they have any idea how much it weighed? They knew it was about 12 feet tall. How was it anchored into the ground? Was it literally buried four or five feet deep? Was there cement poured around it? Was there just some sort of a base that was drilled into the ground? And then did they use bolts to screw it on? What's been left? What kind of tools would have been used? I want details. What's going on? We got no answers. Next thing you know, another headline. Authorities don't expect significant investigation into Utah monolith. What the living fuck? You're not going to investigate who came and took it, why they took it, who's behind it. Nothing? Not curious? I am. You? No. You got nothing else to do? Come on. You're counting sheep, for God's sakes. This is the best mystery. Excuse my voice, I'm getting all excited. This is the best mystery that has fallen into your laps. Ever. Get on it. Even if it is just some avant-garde Environmental artist like Banksy find out who did it and why. And now, apparently, another similar monolith has been spotted on a slope in Romania. Ooh. It's not quite exactly the same. It's not polished aluminum, but it uh it's kind of freaky. Feel your skin tingling just a little bit? No? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I want more answers. I demand answers. And you'll scream at me like Colonel Lieutenant Colonel Jessup, you want answers? You can't handle. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. I'm not sure I can handle the truth about the Utah monolith. Maybe it is alien technology. Was there anything inside of it? That's what I want to know. Even if you're knocked on it? What did it sound like? Was it filled with foam, jelly beans, or could there have been electronics in there? Answers. That's what we need. Time now to talk to Andy Polin, our man. Long after we stopped doing shows together on the radio, I always enjoy checking in with my mentor, friend, and older brother once a week. I can't wait to find out how you spent Thanksgiving afternoon. Come on, walk me nice. through it.
1: Well, uh, we, we had a small crew, uh, as as most people did across the country. Um, I had my son and his girlfriend in from New York, and my wife and I, so there were the four of us. My daughter and her fiancé came over for dessert later on. But, uh, Who cooked? The
0: first, uh, Arlene? Arlene. Uh,
1: yeah, Arlene did cook. Uh, she All right, a good job. Yeah, All she, right. she Yeah. yeah. When it was, was, it
0: was the something. last time Arlene put a bird <laughs> in the oven, so to speak?
1: Well, we we have never hosted Thanksgiving before. Uh, I know. I'm always going, always going to my mother in law. Or last year it was my sister in law. And uh, you know, when I was growing up, my mom or my sister or something. So yeah, first time we did it, and uh, you know, she did, she did fine. Everything was was done right, and the extended halftime was just perfect. Uh, wrapped up first half about 6 o'clock.
0: Why was it perfect?
1: Because it allowed me the 20, 25 minutes to eat. Oh. And then I went back oh my. and watched the rest of the game. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> you wolfed down all of Thanksgiving dinner in halftime.
1: Well, I, I, I ate. I just ate the the entree then I took my pumpkin pie and okay. uh, watched the
0: second half. Yeah. So, but you sat at the table sure. away from the dinner, away from the TV with your family.
1: Well, we could we, I could hear the TV in the other room, so I was <laughs> okay. keeping near out just in case. Yeah. The reason
0: is because for those who don't know, the legend of Andy Poley <laughs> is that he used to famously go to his sisters in Baltimore. My my my, my mother-in-law's. Your mother-in-law's in Baltimore. <laughs> And you would proudly get a TV dinner tray, like a little uh, TV tray, and sit in front of the TV on the couch with your Thanksgiving dinner and watch football. And nobody gave you any grief whatsoever because that was your job.
1: Plus, plus, I I did a very smart thing about 12, 13 years ago. She had a 25-inch TV. I bought her a big screen
0: so <laughs> so she had
1: use of it 364 days a year and for one day a year <laughs> you
0: crafty devil I
1: had use of it and I had special dispensation yes
0: you know for a cheapskate like I mean for a frugal gentleman <laughs> like yourself I'd say that's one of your most yeah. magnanimous acts where you were you were paying a lot of money for very little payoff once a year only
1: right, but I thought worth it.
0: No, Wouldn't I you? I think it. No, I think it was a wise play. I applaud you for it. Yeah. And besides, it goes into your karmic ledger, Andy. And the karmic ledger yeah. is something I believe in. It's good karma. And your right. mother-in-law probably enjoyed the TV to watch Matlock and Murder. She wrote reruns on TV Land or whatever it is she watches.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think she watches that, but she she loves it. She she yes. always Yes, I, I got her that. And then one time she was staying at our house here for a few days, and she says, God, uh, the Washington Post is just great. So I bought her a subscription for that. Again, she loves me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They say happy wife, happy life. I'd say happy mother-in-law, also happy life. Make sure she is on the exactly. good side of you instead of the other way. And then we were both rewarded. All of us woofed fans were rewarded with a thorough an embarrassing beatdown of the hated, godless, soulless, dirty Blue Stars to the South. That was a solid football effort by the team on on Thursday.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I want to yield to you on this because you have done so much work over the years in Milwaukee and are much more familiar with the Packers than I am. Seems to me Mike McCarthy without a quarterback named Favre Rogers. Idiot. Sucks. He's an imbecile. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 throwing a pass on fourth and inches with Ezekiel Elliott on the sidelines and the fake punt reverse that took 20 minutes to unfold. I know. Who is this guy?
0: Well, the, what now people are thinking is that he may be like the guy that was propped up by Hall of Fame quarterbacks to an extent that you never fully appreciated until now. Because he had more playoff flameouts. Yeah, he won – a Super Bowl. He won it because the Packers, as a wild card that year, suddenly found a running game with the likes of James Starks, who had been deep on the depth chart, and they went through Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Chicago, and they got Jay Cutler out of that title game with a knee injury. Not saying they didn't deserve to win the game, but things right. broke their way as a wild card, and they went bing, bing, bing on the road to win three games in a row.
1: It's, it's just remarkable. I mean, you know, there, there, that, that play, and I, 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 it was on the postgame. I think Brian Mitchell mentioned it. The, the fake punt was the equivalent of the Jim Zorn swinging gate. It was, it was so stupid. And so poorly executed. Yes. You say to yourself, what is what is this guy doing? Did he did he just put on a cowboy hat and say, I'm the coach, and walk in? I mean, how could he get this job? He's terrible.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it was really, really bad. Here's what I think happened to McCarthy, uh, and this is something that refers to Marty as well. I've got an anecdote about good old Marty Schottenheimer that I think we've talked about before, but we'll say it again. I think McCarthy has been scarred by one game, and that is Seahawks 28, Packers 22, overtime, January 18, 2015, NFC Championship game in Seattle before a roaring crowd and the 12th man and a Seahawks defense that was still the Legion of Boom. And they go in there with a gimpy leg, Darren Rodgers, He was running on an ankle injury and they stitched together what looked like the perfect game, and he couldn't close it out. In that game, he kicked field goals of 18 yards and 19 yards in the opening quarter of that game. You know what that screams? Cowardice. You're kicking field goals on fourth and goal from the one-yard line. He didn't go for it. He thought a road game in which you kick field goals against the Seahawks was the way to win that game. And they, yeah. and I think he yeah. is scarred by it. So now in this iteration with the Cowboys, he's taking more and more risks insanely and without any rationale whatsoever. Like going forward against the, 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 the Wolfskins on his own side of the field in the first quarter, on fourth and whatever it was. Why do you make that play? Because if you convert, what have you won? An automatic field goal? No. First and goal for a possible touchdown? No. All you've earned is more downs that may fizzle out and you may punt. But if you don't get the first down, Andy, what have you surrendered? Instant field goal position for the other team. The risk itself made no sense.
1: No sense whatsoever. It it was just remarkable. Uh, But even without those boneheaded calls, Washington would have won that game.
0: Fine. But I'm talking about coaches who get scarred. And I think mm-hmm. that's what happened to McCarthy. Marty Schottenheimer is another example. I think Marty Schottenheimer was scarred probably by the Biner fumble way back in the day when he was with Cleveland. Because there was mm-hmm. a game after he was fired here in Washington. He had coached the Seahawks to a – or not the Seahawks. He coached the Chargers so, to like a 13-3 yeah. and three record. He had them rolling. LaDainian right. Tomlinson was at the peak of his powers. They were a good team, right? They're playing a home game in the playoffs as the one seed against a Patriot team with a young Tom Brady, right? Yep. And Marty starts going for it in crazy situations. And apparently we had a guy who was a listener of ours whose brother worked for NFL Films. And he said, I listened to the raw audio of Marty mic'd up in that game And he said, you wouldn't believe it if you heard it. He is freaking out, screaming at coaches saying, call me down, call me down. What's going on out here? He said, Marty was out of control that game. And of course they they would never release that audio, but I got it from a good source that Marty was out over his skis that day. And he definitely coached in a panicked, scared way. I think Marty got scarred as a coach. Now having said all that what do you think of my theory that sometimes coaches are scarred by particularly bad losses
1: yeah I think that's that's probably so and I think that that as as you get further down into a game you're thinking oh my god I'm going to lose in the first round again and you become more panicked it's it's kind of like the Dan Jansen thing. Yes. Remember the, the the speed skater? Yes. The, the more he started thinking about falling, the more he would fall.
0: Yes. And, and Panic and attacks that, are real things, and people who yeah. suffer them ha, have a real struggle on their hands. They're, they're sure. not fake, and it can affect anybody. So that's my theory on that. Now, let's talk play calling, shall we, Andy? All right. I said let's talk play calling, Andy. Okay. I said one more time. <laughs> let's talk play calling. Do you remember to- Do you remember what I have once famously said about play calling in the NFL?
1: Oh, that you could do it. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have said for years, you give me one year total immersive training <laughs> and let me let me just pick the plays. I said I can't be a coordinator, I can't design an offense, I can't coach men to be best at what they do. I can't teach technique. All I can do is pick plays. I said I'd be no worse than middle of the pack. I ask you, Andy, after seeing McCarthy on Thanksgiving, would you like to revise your criticism of me as a play caller? I'll give well, you the opportunity.
1: The, the only thing I would, I would add to this is that we once had Joe Theismann on the air, and we were talking about, play calling and he rattled off something that included a bunch of numbers and colors and symbols that was head spinning. And I looked at you and I said, so you think you could do that? (laughs) You said, well, I need a year to train.
0: I would. That's the thing. Give me a year. I would (laughs) get it. I'm telling you, it comes down to basic knowledge of strategy and basic flow of the game. You got the plays in front of you. You know, which plays basically do what if they're executed properly. Okay. I'm going to give you another example. because so it sounds like Andy Pollin's not swayed by this argument. So we keep trying <laughs> just like the old days of the sports reporters. This line of attack didn't work. Let's try a new angle. Did you uh, hear the Adam Gase exchange with the media in New York over play calling on
1: Sunday? Uh, no, I did not. What did he say?
0: Take a listen. They had, he had apparently pawned off his play calling for a week or two to Dowell Loggins. Ooh. And the media detected that, wait a minute, it doesn't look like Mr. Loggins is calling the plays anymore. Here was the questions to Adam Google-eyes Gase after their humiliating 20-3 to 3 defeat at the hands of the Dolphins.
1: I didn't take over. We did this, we've done the same thing in the last four games. We were watching Dowell through the whole game. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was just standing there. He he tells me it's not hard. This is not hard. We go through it, the drive before. Hey, these are the three plays. I do the third downs. So what happens after the three plays when you have a series? Because we were watching one where Dowell was talking to Frank Pollock. He wasn't calling the plays. You were. What part of the game was it? <laughs> I want to say that was the third quarter. Yeah, when we got down and I – I was trying to do some of the two-minute stuff. Yeah. Oh God, he's gone. That is that is as zornish as it gets. That,
0: that is, <laughs> I love how he says. Know. I love how he says it's not hard. Like really yeah. cocky for a team that's zero eleven. It's not hard. Yeah, and yet and yet he then has to sheepishly admit. Well, when we were down, I started doing some of the two minutes. We've stuff. done the same thing in the last four games. We were watching Dowell through the whole game. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, he, was just he wasn't doing
1: anything. Standing there. He, he tells me it's not hard. This is not hard. If
0: we go through it. The drive before. Hey, these That's are the three amazing. plays. These are the three plays. And they follow yeah. up by going, so what if you get a first down? <laughs> In the <laughs> unlikely event of a Jets first down. <laughs> do, you, do
1: you remember that when Steve Spurrier – Was so fed up with coaching the Washington team that he turned over the play calling to Hugh Jackson. Yeah, he's like, yep,
0: yep, Hugh's going to call the plays. We're going to let Hugh do that. Uh, See (laughs) see if he can't get something going there, Hugh.
1: (laughs) And I think Hugh actually won a game, and Spurrier said, nah, I'll take it back. And, you know, he knew when he turned over the play calling to Hugh, he knew he was going to quit at the end of the year. You know, he he later said that 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 was that was his plan.
0: So, right, I I do know. love I you you've seen the the movie Monty Python Holy Grail where they burn the you witch know. and yeah. and and they're going through all of it and at the very end they have to admit well we did the nose <laughs> that's like Adam Gase. <laughs> well I did call the two minute drill oh sorry I got I went too far ahead I want to get
1: use my larger scales
0: <laughs> all right, never mind all right so there's that. All right. Well, I guess I still have not swayed you that I could be a average play caller at best if I'd had a full year of immersive training. That said. Whoa. That said, let's talk Terry McLaurin. I mm. love this guy. This
1: I I told you. I, did I not go overboard on him last week? Did I not tell you how great he is?
0: Uh Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you, a total agreement. He exudes football player. It makes you wonder, why did all these teams miss on him for two full rounds?
1: You know what? It's possible that when they interviewed him, he didn't sound like a wide receiver, like he didn't talk T.O. So they may have been thinking to themselves, hmm, I don't know if he's got the bravado to play the position. Really?
0: They wanted somebody cockier. (laughs) They wanted somebody more flashy. Somebody more I guess. into himself
1: it, 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 I'm telling you if this if this if this guy was my son, I would give him a kiss on the forehead oh. every night I, I, he is He is so grounded he is, he produces every game every game I he's know. getting seven catches and 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 he's just fantastic with the media yep. he's humble, he talks about leadership. Oh man, does this guy get it? Oh, it, it, it's unbelievable. They 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 struck gold with him. Yeah, they really did.
0: I uh, I think I think this team could win the division. Now the question is, is it worth winning? Is well, it worth winning the division?
1: Well, you're not going to get one of the two quarterbacks, so why not?
0: Because you might get a better pick by not winning.
1: Okay, but so what? I mean, are are you going to get? player that transforms your franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. All right. Let me try. Probably not.
0: Let me try again. What does it do to the egos of, uh, Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder to win the division at six wins or seven wins?
1: Well, Snyder, Snyder puts up a banner and, and and proclaims, you know, NFC East division champions and conveniently
0: leaves the record off the banner.
1: Right. I think (laughs) Rivera gets it. I think Rivera understands that. Yeah, it's, it's a bad year. And uh, you know, did what he could to win the division. But I, I think what you're seeing is that I, I wasn't necessarily buying this winning philosophy that he's got and learning how to win. That team looked like it knew how to win on Thursday. It really did.
0: Yeah, well, the, ru- the way they can run with a lead is impressive to me. Murray, they the, the Scott Turner's scheme, I, you and I, I think, had our, had had our fill of the old man Norville at the yeah. end of his tenure here. But damn it, if his son Scotty didn't learn some things, I'm I'm kind of impressed with Scott off Scott Turner's offense.
1: Oh, well, I mean, how about how about some of the plays? Now those call. are good First play all,
0: calls. By the way, the fumble rusky, yeah. which I guess yeah. was invented by that play was uh, uh, was invented by Bum Phillips. Did I hear?
1: Yeah, Bum Phillips on Murray said, run the Bumaruski, run the Bumarushki. But Bumarushki. the, uh, the uh, Rivera said he got it from the sh- movie Little Giants. Right. <laughs> the annexation yeah, of Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't understand the reference there, but I'd guess I would guess have to go Wikipedia, how do we annex Puerto Rico, and see how it relates to that yeah. play. I love the fact mm-hmm. they've got this tight end in Logan Thomas, who's a former quarterback, who they can run both on short yardage, third, and short as a substitute quarterback sneak kind of guy. And he can throw option passes like he did on Thanksgiving. And by the way, your boy, Troy, who you defend unnecessarily.
1: Uh, I tweeted it out. I said it was pretty clear that he didn't know that Logan Thomas had been a quarterback.
0: Right. Because you say that at that point. He's like, wow, Logan Thomas didn't opt for the short safe pattern. He went to the deep guy. That's impressive. And I'm like, okay, Troy. Here's the time. Here's the time yeah. to slip it in to the audience who doesn't know anything about this team because it's Thanksgiving and they're sitting there after dinner or before dinner watching the game. Tell them. Tell them where Logan taught. Yeah. You didn't tell them. That's yep. your boy yep. Troy for you. Yeah. Well, All right. So uh, six, you're in the mix. Seven, you're in heaven when it comes to winning this division. Mm -hmm. seven walks, six is in the mix. I guess we'll have to wait to see what Philly does tonight. I don't know if Philly feels like participating in the rest of the season. Some teams are definitely checking out at this point. The Bears checked out last Mm -hmm. night on Sunday night against the Packers. So we'll see what Philly does tonight. Dallas is a lost cause. The Giants are in trouble with the Daniel Jones injury because Colt McCoy, we all know what Colt McCoy does when he has to play for more than a, a quick spot or two. Why wouldn't the Wolf be hurt. the favorite? Yeah, why? He gets hurt. Yeah, he gets concussed, sadly. Uh, why also, wouldn't the Wolf also, be the favorite to win this division at six or seven wins?
1: And also, now the Pittsburgh game goes to Wednesday night, not t- Tuesday night. And, you know, in this league, this uh, it's hard league. to keep winning. 11 and 0 is, is tough to, to sustain. And even though Washington isn't very good, they could they could win that game because you know sooner or later you just lose in the NFL. It doesn't necessarily matter who you play; you lose a game somewhere along the line.
0: So the Steelers are all out of sorts. They're going to play Wednesday night against the Ravens. Then they're going to come back on a short week to play us on a Monday night. And mm-hmm. like you said, it looks like I mean, by the way, RG three gets a start. How you like that? Is Probably that, two is that starts. definite. Yes.
1: Because, because if the game's delayed enough, maybe Jackson is uh, cleared? No? No.
0: 10-day quarantine mandatory for Ten. positive tests. He had a positive okay. test himself, therefore 10 days from at least early next week. So for sure one game, possibly two, depending mm-hmm. on when his second test. He's got to test negative first after going positive, and then it's 10 days after that. So okay. it's going to be RG3. Are you, are you excited for RG3? Will he be rooting for RG3? Yeah, why not? Yeah. But
1: I, I I wonder if he makes it through the game.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question right there. And then this league, with all the games being shifted, they clearly do not want to go to the emergency 18th week, do they?
1: No, they're they're holding on to that for exactly that emergency but right now they just got a couple of rogue teams here and there and i think that they wanted to you know they they're denying it and all that but i think they wanted to say to denver hey you guys you couldn't, fucked up. couldn't right Yeah, so you're going to play and and oh i'm sorry you're going to have to play some <laughs> the quarterback that they played he wasn't even a starter in college he went to wake forest to be a quarterback he was so bad at quarterback <laughs> they made him a wide receiver
0: at wake forest Let's, yeah. not, let's emphasize that. Not exactly a football powerhouse to the South.
1: Right. I mean, th- that, that, that was the NFL saying, okay, <laughs> that was a Tony Soprano play. <laughs> you right. okay. You're going to play. <laughs>
0: you fucked and up. I don't care. Sit in your own stink. We no. don't care. Yeah.
1: You've got to dig up the corpse of John Elway and put him out there. That's fine with us, but you're going to play.
0: You know what's amazing is that these stupid quarterbacks, quarterbacks are supposed to be the smartest guys on the team. They didn't even have to have yeah. a meeting. They were told, like, just do these meetings over Zoom. Stay away from each other. Ooh. They insisted on Ooh. having a meeting, and then they left, they left their masks off. Like dummies. Ooh. Had they put those masks on, they would have been eligible to play even though mm. let's be honest the epidemiological risk was virtually the same mask on or mask off these are the protocols the NFL laid down and the Broncos didn't follow them so they are i'm sure glad to hammer home because the NFL has one overriding mission Andy which i think you would agree get the 310 to yuma to yuma arizona yep. Yep. at now. 310 period end of story
1: well or get get to Tampa on uh, February whatever, but the, but the, I mean that, they're not going to have their. That's my
0: sh- three ten to Yuma analogy. You never saw the movie Three Ten to Yuma, the Western.
1: No, yeah, no, no, okay. but, but 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 here's my point. The what what I think Gary Danielson was on some podcast or something, and he talked about how the Super Bowl is going to work. You know, the teams are not going to even go there till the day before the game, so the big hoo ha buildup that they they're used to having. Oh yeah. That's not happening this year.
0: Oh yeah, no. In fact, the biggest question is, how full will the house be?
1: Yeah, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, the, the, I guess the the governor of Florida is is solidly oxen free, but that could change. And, and, and the NFL know.
0: may not want to have that. Who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. they the NFL wants to get this Super Bowl done on time and then start their off season on schedule because they can do all the off season without any interruption, basically. And they can get back on schedule for next year, which hopefully looks almost like normal.
1: So. Right. And they're also going to and they want to quickly say to teams and players, OK, we played this without fans. So here's what your salary cap is for oh, next yeah. year. Yeah, Big haircut, boys. Sorry.
0: Mm, yes, indeed. OK, uh, I got some other things real quick here. Uh, Matt Patricia fired by the Lions. Long time coming. Nobody's shocked by it. What does firing a coach midseason do?
1: Not much, other than you get a jump on looking at candidates. I mean, it probably helped Washington last year, and that they were able to get Ron Rivera and uh, and talk to him before anybody else. Also, th- this guy Patricia was a dolt the day he walked in the door. You can't act like Belichick until you win like Belichick. And that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to be Belichick before he won a game. He 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 was on his way out the day he arrived. So yeah.
0: goodbye. Yeah, it feels good too. It, it it's almost yeah. necessary to tell your fan base, yes, we're aware of what we're watching here, and it's really, really bad. So we're not right. we're not blind to how bad it is with this guy. Yeah. Uh back to uh, the quarterback real quick. Uh he had no business playing in that game, Kendall Hinton. Activated off the practice squad, no practice, no reps, nothing, and goes in there cold, goes one for nine, 13 yards, two INTs. Any other instances of guys who didn't really belong in a game playing a position but did anyway by hook or by crook, by emergency circumstance? I joke the NFL needs an e-bug rule for quarterbacks, like in the NHL, the emergency backup (laughs) goalie. Where they have video yeah. coordinators who played goalie in college jump in there and play for a game, which is usually once every five years. Any other cases where you're like, "Wow, a near civilian got in the game and played," and is either no, bad I mean, or not so bad?
1: The, the only thing I was I was thinking that that might be comparable was the '87 Scab Games, where uh-huh. you uh, like 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 these games, you had nobody in the stands or virtually nobody in the stands, and you had a lot of guys who didn't necessarily belong on an NFL field, but you know, that's, that was the circumstances that they had. Uh, Sean Payton, you know, played, uh, he was a scab in, in those scab games. Yeah. So we had some of that. Yeah. Uh,
0: if, if the average flag football quarterback had to go into an NFL game, how would he look much different than good old Mr. Hinton or not?
1: Well, I mean, look, he had been in an NFL training camp. He had taken hits from NFL players I think the average flag football guy, once he took his first NFL hit, it would be his last NFL hit, you know? Yeah. So yeah, as bad as he looked, at least he was on an NFL roster, I guess, a practice squad, but, but part of an NFL team. I mean, every, every slob sitting on the couch says, I can do better than that guy. No, you really couldn't. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't.
0: All right, anything else to add from the weekend that was, Andy? Big weekend full of sports. Uh, lots of things.
1: Well, I mean, just to, if you want to hit the college basketball real quick, that is the biggest game of musical chairs I have ever seen. I mean, games get canceled. They find new opponents. You know, you get somebody who, you know, they, they had this tournament that was in the Mohegan Suns. Yeah. And Virginia Virginia changed – had. Both of its opponents changed because of COVID tests. They just said, oh, we'll take somebody. It's like you go to a resort, you break up with your girlfriend, and you find up with a bunch of other guys who have broken up (laughs) with theirs, and you just take one of the other girlfriends.
0: (laughs) It's like Tinder meets college basketball scheduling. Swipe left if you want to play. Swipe right if you Mm. don't. Or whatever Mm. the case may be. All right, Andy, enjoy tonight's Monday night football game. And then tomorrow, or no tomorrow, but Wednesday night. Monday and Wednesday NFL. Holy shit. And then a triple header. Next Monday night, a yes. triple header. Five wow. o'clock
1: start. Love it.
0: All right, Andy. We'll see you next week. Thanks.
1: I right, Zach. Take care.
0: Let's end on this. Congratulations, Sarah Fuller. You seem like a nice gal, and you got to fulfill your dream of putting on boy helmets and boy pads and boy pants and play with the boys to become the first ever Power Five conference kicker in college football history. You're not the first woman to play in a Division One college football game. In fact, you're the third. But you're the first in a Power Five conference. You know, the conferences that take the game more seriously. Sure, it took a pandemic. Sure, it took a bunch of position or specialty players out of the mix for Vanderbilt. Yes, it took the bottom feeder of the SEC, Vanderbilt, No offense, but, you know, bless their hearts. They do try at football, but they're just not very good. Uh, It took all that, and it took one play, a squib kick on a second-half kickoff for you to, quote-unquote, make history. Something that Hannah Storm and Jay Harris on ESPN on Sunday morning gushed about in the 9 o'clock window, top of the 9 o'clock hour. And Hannah could not have been happier. And I'm just like, Jesus, God, already, really? It's why a lot of us can't stand ESPN anymore is that they have no clue as to what the average real sports fan cares about and wants. It is nothing but a woke signal fest of isn't this nice. I suspect they had her squib kick it because they didn't want her kicking off in full. So you could see the ball land at the 20 yard line and go, oh, yeah, that that wasn't that great. So a squib was able to further sort of hide the fact that she's not as good or as strong as a male kicker. And there's nothing wrong with her not being as good or as strong as a male kicker because that's the one thing that feminists and those who are pushing this kind of stuff just don't want to admit. They want to pretend that there are no physical barriers at the end of the day, that a, that a girl can do anything she wants. Yeah, it's anything with an asterisk, though. There are certain mountains, certain summits too high to climb, unless you are freakishly strong as a woman. And I've seen it time and time again by the media that wants to promote this stuff, whether it's Michelle Wee playing on the men's tour in golf, or Ronda Rousey fighting some you know, equivalent man in an MMA fight, never happened. You would think that the Billie Jean King-Bobby Riggs match would have ended all this a long time ago, but no, it keeps going on. So you say to yourself, all right, congratulations. What's next for Sarah Fuller in football? Will she get a tryout with an NFL team someday? Is she going to continue kicking at Vanderbilt next year? How much eligibility? No. There is no next anything. It was just, hey, I did it. It was a token appearance, and I did it. Yay. Yay. To me, it's insulting. It's pandering. It also takes away from real accomplishments from women in sports that deserve even more praise than they're already getting. Amy Ng is, I believe, the new Marlins general manager. Or, oh, God. See, now I forgot her name. Damn it. I had it up on a tab here. New Marlins manager. When when I get an intern, I'll be able to, Kim Ng. Sorry, not Amy Kim Ing. That hiring got celebrated, and rightfully so. Good for her. That's a true glass ceiling. Where hey, she can evaluate players. She can manage a ball club easily, as well as a man, and I'm sure better than a lot of men. But um, this stuff with Sarah Fuller kicking a squib kick. I mean, come on. I would rather praise all the badass women who are doing other badass things in their sports. I mean, to me. Downhill skiers who are women are badass. That's why I've always had a thing for Lindsey Vonn. Watching her compete, going just breakneck speed, risking life and limb downhill, that turns me on. That makes me go, fuck yeah. Female snowboarders as well, doing incredible tricks, risking injury. Awesome. Amazing. We have female doctors, judges, fighter pilots, mathematicians, engineers, entrepreneurs, owners, innovators, artists, musicians, all of them. Far more worthy of oogling and ogling. Is that even a word? Of ooing and eyeing about. I guess ogling would not be the right thing. Can we just stop celebrating these tokenism moments? Sarah Fuller, first ever power five kicker to compete in a actual game, squib kick. Oh, by the way, Vanderbilt got shut out. So luckily there was at least one kick she had to do. The second half squib kickoff. And the coach got fired after the game for nothing to do with having a girl kicker. Just <laughs> the bell finally tolled for Derek Mason. And there you go. Oh God, is it Derek Mason who's the who's the coach coach of Vandy fired? I hate not Derek Mason. There you go, Derek Mason. God bless you. Zero and eight campaign, got shut out thirty-one nothing. But good for Sarah Fuller. Nice gal. I'm happy for her, but let's just dial it down a bit. That'll be it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any information on the Utah monolith or what the hell's going on, let me know. This is a story I can assure you I'm not done with yet because it is the perfect ending to a fucked up 2020, a year we'd all like to forget as soon as possible. Remember, Fridays are not free. Monday through Thursday is. I don't mind freeloaders, but if you want to support the podcast, subscribe to Fridays. It's five bucks a month. I think you'll find it to be well worth it. And I do appreciate each and every one of you that is on board for Fridays. Plus, me and Mr. X give out great gambling advice. I'm giving out locks left and right. My locks are nine and three. Hell, if you're betting a modest amount per game, like $1,000, right? Everyone's got that. You'd be up $6,000 right now. I mean that pays six thousand dollars pays for let's see a hundred years is that right? Uh six dollars let's call it six dollars a month. Or no, no, sixty dollars a year. And you don't even have to pay sixty bucks a year because I give you a discount on the yearly if you want to sign up for yearly. Five bucks a month times twelve is sixty. dollars well, good math so far, right? Uh sixty times ten is six hundred. You with me so far? And 10 times 10 is 6,000. So that would be 100 years of the ZabeCast, which I don't think I'll last 100 years. I'd like to make it 10, but 100, no chance. If you are a subscriber and you're betting a modest amount of just $1,000, I kid, wink, wink, uh, per game on mybookie.com, so subscribe today, give it as a Christmas gift. And for those of you who are already on board on Fridays, a big Johnny Carson bow to you. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the football uh, on Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down, or maybe a lot of money down, on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey Day is coming. There's no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own. So if you're planning to bet this coming fall, guess what? You're already ahead of the game. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it.